재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Welcome back to Koreascape. Wednesdays is a fun day around here. I've said that before. Uh, we are joined by two very delightful people, guest hosts Sonia Swanson and Chef Jung So-young come and teach us about local eats. Uh, they tirelessly travel around the Korean peninsula exploring local, fresh, seasonal Korean items for their blog that they jointly run called Buri Kitchen. And in fact, Sonia is so tireless that she's on the road right now. She's going to be joining us on the line. Sonia, are you there? Hello, I'm here. Cool. Sonia is there, and Chef Jung So-young is Hi. right next to me in the studio. How are you doing? Hi, how are you? Cool. Hi, Sonia. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> okay, so all you foodies out there, get ready to learn about seaweeds. Seaweed in the winter is apparently a big thing, isn't it, Chef? Oh, yeah. This time we have uh, some really healthy ingredients to show you today. Um, how do you feel about seaweed? I'm into seaweed. I like it. Um, I uh, grew up in Massachusetts. Mostly we were stepping on seaweed there. We weren't eating it, but I've been in Asia for quite some time, and I I, I I like seaweed. I like it dried. I like it, you know, wet. Everything. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. I think that's really great that you're open to trying it because, like, one of our our goals with Puri Kitchen is to really help demystify green ingredients to the English speaking world and show people that things like seaweed and other things that we bring in aren't like weird or gross, but. You know that they have their own stories, and they're such an important part of our, our cultural heritage. Yeah, um, I also remember when I was living and working abroad, um, people were you know hesitating a little to try seaweed product, and I think that's partly because of the prejudice you know people have against the word seaweed. And actually, when you hear it in Korean, it doesn't sound that bad. You know, hecho means uh, sea green. Hecho. So, I never, yeah. kn- I didn't know that word before. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a little different, right? So, but when you hear it in English, it doesn't sound quite as nice like weed. And you know, <laughs> anyway, seaweed has long um, uh, has been has long been a major ingredient on the winter table in Korea, and we love eating it. It's one of my favorite ingredients, um, and we have been eating quite a lot, right, 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 Sonia? Mm, yeah, we, we've been eating a lot of a lot of seaweed this winter. Um, and actually, um, there's a, a figure to kind of uh, back that up. Um, in 2008, according to the Korea Rural Economic Institute, um, the Koreans apparently eat about 16 kilos of seaweed per person per year. Um, and some figures I've seen even report that Korea is the world's top consumer of seaweed per capita. That is an incredible amount of seaweed. I'm glad that they are not eating all 16 kilos at one sitting. <laughs> and that they're spreading it out over the year. Uh, but, yeah, it's easy to, to see seaweed all around. Um, the, perhaps the most common is that dried little kim square, but uh, it, it appears in all kinds of soups and dishes. Uh, and it's, it's pretty good for you health-wise, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep, it is. Um, so, you know, every species is a little bit different, of course, but in general... Seaweeds are loaded with nutrients like vitamin K, iodine, calcium, um, and on top of that, they're actually pretty low calorie as well. And there is quite the variety of seaweed here in Korea, uh, whether you are eating it uh, dried out or uh, sort of moist as a panchan or mixed into soups, things like that. So um, who's going to start in terms of uh, walking me through the seaweeds? Um, well, I'll just give you an overview of why we chose the seaweeds, because, you know, th- there are hundreds of kinds of seaweeds in Korea, um, thousands around the world. So we actually chose four to focus on today. 
Um, and the reason we chose them is naturally because, you know, we like choosing things in season. Um, but they're also these seaweeds that are being harvested right now. They're, they're kind of like the four main harvested seaweeds right now in Korea. Okay. And they also all share this kind of fine, delicate texture. And the first one we'll talk about um, the first uh, is the first to be harvested in winter. It's called pare, which is sometimes called sea lettuce in English. Pare, and I, I mm-hmm. think that uh, Chef So uh, Jung So Young has a little pare here in the studio. Do you? Yeah, sure. Um, okay. this, this is the raw pare. So you wanna have a look? All right. So uh-huh. this is this is. I, I think this is what I see all the time in the mart. Uh, I've got. Uh, it's like those um, kind of clumps of wet, bright green mm-hmm. seaweed. Yeah. Um, and I never know what to do with it. I'm, I'm not going to. It kind of looks like, you know, when Popeye opens his spinach can, uh, what's inside. Um, <laughs> and these are, uh, you said this was uh, relatively inexpensive to buy, right? Um, no, not necessarily. Usually it used to be a very, you know, reasonable price, affordable. Yeah. But these days, um, we went to the market yesterday and we found out uh, it was pretty expensive. So the price has gone up a little yeah, bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I was curious and I asked I asked the seller, you know, why is it expensive? Then they said because this winter was so warm. So ah. those, you know, sea greens doesn't grow that You need much. the cold to grow yeah. the sea greens. Mm-hmm. All right. You need a proper temperature. Sonia, what, tell me a little bit more about pare. What's uh, the deal with it? Sure. So a bit of background about pare. Um, it is a green algae. So that's one of the three sort of broad categories that seaweed is generally divided into. The other two categories are red and brown. And green and red seaweeds are part of the plant kingdom. But brown seaweeds, which include like other Korean seeds like myok um, and tashima, mm. there's something entirely different, which we may get into, into in a future episode. But as for green algae, there are thousands of kinds of green algae. And um, like most of them, pare also grows best in shallow waters near the shore. Okay, so we're just focusing on the green ones in, in this uh, mm-hmm. particular episode. These are all very green. Well, what I like about seaweed is that uh, it instantly smells like we're in the uh, In the, the beach sea, side. right? We're, we're, so we're sure. you know, along Hyundai Beach or something <laughs> here just by having this little bag of seaweed open here. Uh-huh. So how do you eat pare? Um, we can eat pare both dried uh, like a kim and fresh as a bantan. So if you eat it dried, you can tear the sheet into the edible pieces um, and season with a little bit of, you know, choseong ganjang, the soy sauce, mm. and sesame oil. And also you can add a blanched uh, spring onion or um, and you can roast them with a good amount of oil and season with a little bit of sugar and roasted sesame. Um, this way of uh, preparing dried pare is called uh, pare jaban. Roast them. When you say roast them, you mean put them in a in a convection oven or something like no, that? No, 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 no. Uh, the drying pan you put. Oh, you know, okay. So yeah. ro- you mm-hmm. sort of uh, let them slow roast in a frying yes, pan. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And if you want to eat uh, pare fresh, you usually make a banchan like this with a julienne radish and. Okay. Uh, Vinegar-based dressing, and I made this some, you know, for you. you Little Tupperware here in the uh, studio. I'll just mm-hmm. get this open. Yep. Yeah. You all right. Try? Oh, you. I think so you've is... seen it a lot at the restaurant, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. I think this is a very familiar-looking panjang. You described this as pare, plus. Um, That's pare muchim. 
paremuchim. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, salad. It's a little bit salty, so be careful. Now, did you <laughs> did you buy the seaweed already dry or? No, that's the fresh one. That's it comes the fresh like one, this, like in this bag. Mm-hmm. It looks so, like uh, spinach almost. Only this winter season is the only season that you can have a fresh, you know, pare. You cannot mm. have it, you know, during the summertime. So it's have got it. a very sweet, pickly smell. That comes from the, the yeah. vinegar and the sugar. Uh huh. All right, here we go. Uh huh. Is it pretty easy to make this dish? Oh, yeah, it's very easy. You just rinse it and then you uh, julienne your amu uh, very finely. And then you can season it with the joseong ganjang and vinegar uh, and a little bit of sugar. And yeah. it's it's a, it's your preferences whether you want to put it uh, sesame oil or not, but I didn't put it. You didn't. I can, I, yeah, no. this is almost mm-hmm. a little bit more on the tart side, but it's mm-hmm. awesome. I, I uh-huh. really like this a lot. Okay, so mm-hmm. while I nibble on the pare, uh, I guess we've got a couple of more seaweeds oh, to talk yeah. about, right? <laughs> we have oh, yeah. uh, more seaweeds uh, to get to, um, and I'm pretty sure you'll recognize this, you know, one right yeah. off the bat. Sure. Yeah, this and is the standard square right? container of kim sheets, uh, uh-huh. just dried. You can almost eat them like potato chips. You know, they're um, they're crunchy. Sometimes I'll just uh, snack on a, uh-huh. on a so little box days? of kim. Yeah, if you go to the market um, these days, some you know corporate company they developed a game snack as well as mm. a chip. So I think, or if you have the roasted game, then you can you know it goes really well with your beer. With beer, yeah. <laughs> okay. But sometimes you have to be careful. The other day, I had a two pack of you know this uh, roasted game mm-hmm. taban as a snack, and then it swallows up in my you know, mm-hmm. stomach with the drinking. It in does the water. have certain yeah. digestive repercussions. Uh-huh. Um, let's yeah. just say um, it moves things along quite uh, quite well. Sonia, uh-huh. what do I need to know about kim? Well, as for kim, it's sometimes called laver in English. Um, although I think actually people in English, or at least in the U.S., tend to know it by its Japanese name, nori. Um, and uh, earlier we were talking about those three groups of seaweeds, right? Um, yes. So kim is actually a red seaweed, um, or in Korean, hongjoryu, meaning that it's um, also part of the plant family. But um, compared to green seaweeds, it can actually live at slightly greater depths because it contains this red-colored pigment. Um, I'm going to actually try to pronounce this. It's, the pigment is called... Psychoerythrin, um, which ah, <laughs> I did, I did make it, um, which reflects red light and it absorbs blue light. Okay, but the the red naming it a red seaweed has nothing to do with its color because it's green, right? Uh, it's well, just yeah. No, actually, it, it it does contain this red pigment. So if you look at a piece of kim, like true kim. Um, I, I think Soyeon can explain this. That's, you know, a, that's well. the roasted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's roasted. Yeah, roasted. That's why it looks like it's perfectly green. But you can you can see little, you know, uh, dark color. All mm-hmm. right. I'm mm-hmm. going to take your word for that because uh, mm-hmm. my... my faulty eyes only see green here but uh <laughs> so it's got the the ability to uh absorb all of these different wavelengths of light and therefore can uh, uh grow at greater depths in the ocean right because blue light actually travels the furthest in water so you know that's why water looks blue at um, especially you know at the greater depths. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the if I were trying to um, distinguish between kim and pare, what are the big differences? Um, well, the main difference is the color, and of course, you know what family it belongs to. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, pare is green and kim is red when it is raw. Uh, so actually, if you look at kim under the light and you see a lot of you know green color, it's probably mixed with a uh, pare sometimes. Mm. And hundred percent, you know, kim has much darker color. So if you see the raw, you know, raw kim, have you ever seen the raw kim? 
Correct. Raw Kim. Uh-huh. There's actually on my street, I live in a kind of an old-fashioned neighborhood, and there's a little tiny corner store where he just makes Kim. Uh-huh. Um, and he takes these gigantic sheets and kind of holds them over a fire. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you see the rear game and the unroasted one, it, you can see it's very dark, you know, dark, mm-hmm. almost black, and you mm-hmm. can see, you know, the red spots. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's more visible in uh-huh. the in the the raw. Uh huh. Yeah. And mm-hmm. these uh, these two types, kim and pare, they tend to overlap when in in the farming process or in the production process. Um, um, there actually there is a saying in Korean, kimbare pare myeon kim nongsanen hana mana, which means easy uh, for you to say. Uh, what? Easy for you to say. Uh, not that much. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, that means, you know, that if pare grows on your bed of kim, then your kim harvest you know, won't be very good. Okay, so but they kind of compete a little bit. Uh-huh, but these days, you know, there is a kim which is mixed with a pare, so hmm. which is called I, as pare kim. I actually really like pare kim, the mixed one. It kind of has almost like a little bit of a, maybe a lighter texture, would you say? Uh, yeah, 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 but uh, that's not my favorite, <laughs> actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, uh, to uh, talk about the flavor-wise, um, pare has a lighter flavor and slightly, you know, more scent, as you can smell and mm-hmm. hear. Mm-hmm. And while uh, while gim has, you know, deeper flavors, you know, for me, um, I think in terms of texture, pare is a crispier and I think it's stringing, you know, than fresh, you know, gim. Yeah. If you if you have the fresh gim, have you ever had? Fresh game? I don't believe I have. Uh, it, it pretty looks like, you know, this pare, wet, you know, wet, moisty sea <laughs> greens, but it's uh, almost, you know, more black, and mm. I think it's um, it's more coarse. coarse. Yeah. And if you make a uh, soup with it, the texture becomes, you know, really, like, uh, soft and silky. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to make a point to stop by that little... Kim uh, shop in my neighborhood and just kind of watch the process a little bit more. Obviously, these prepackaged uh, squares of, of Kim slices, uh, individually wrapped more or less, uh, they're the ones that you see all the time and you see dishes of them uh, kind of, they're the ones that wrap kimbap, right? Mm-hmm. These are the uh, sheets that wrap kimbap mm-hmm. and you can crush and sprinkle them into your bibimbap or into your manduguk or whatever mm-hmm. else. Uh, those are the familiar ways. How else do, do Koreans use this dried Kim? Oh, uh, I uh, I want a little uh, more talk about you know fresh kim. Fresh kim. Okay. Uh-huh. I think you know you never. I, I don't think you know not many people uh, have experienced a fresh game in Korea, and uh, the fresh game is a uh, freshly harvested from the sea, and in season it's in season now, and we call it as mulgim. And if you lay it out flat and dry, then it becomes you know dried game. Um, and I especially want to talk about this fresh game because. Um, um, I, I because I don't think you know as many people know about sure. this, and you can make a fresh mulgim ko. That's mm. a soup or um, fresh uh, mulgim muchim, like like I just a, had yeah, here with yeah. the um, the radish, mm-hmm. or even chan uh, pancake. You know, savory pancake. Oh, now it. that sounds good. A yeah. seaweed a kim pancake. Mm-hmm. That sounds really good. I, I have never had that before. Oh, you can make a pare pare pancake, or mm. even we're going to talk about you know mesengi later. But you know we can make a mesengi pancake. Now, see, well. I wish you'd have brought me a a, a pare john. That would have oh. been really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You already see? worked too hard, <laughs> hard enough to uh, for for this thing. Uh-huh. We should we should have a, a seaweed feast sometime, Sayang. Yeah, maybe I think so. uh-huh. a, th- a seaweed theme night, uh-huh. and we'll record some of it and share it with the listeners. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, We've got two down. Uh, how many more seaweeds, winter seaweeds, do we have go to go? Two, two 
more. So the third seaweed is called mesengi. So I just mentioned it. Mm. Um, and there's actually not a very good name for mesengi in English. So we'll just call it mesengi. Mm. Um, and this seaweed actually has a special place in our hearts because our very first bloody kitchen trip about a year ago was to a mesengi farm in Tanung, which is a coastal town on the very southern edge of the country where most mesengi is grown. Mm. Okay. And uh, mesengi is such a unique ingredient. It's one of my favorite, you know, seaweed uh, ingredients during the winter time. And uh, when I had it for the first time, it was a kind of, you know, kind of, you know, strange feeling like you're gurping, you know, thousands upon thousands of, you know, fine, silky, velvety fibers all at once. And hmm. have you had it? Curry? I can't be sure whether I've had it or not, to be honest with you. Um, uh huh. I might have in some context, but I sure didn't know it was called mesengi at the time. Oh, it'll just, uh, in the, it usually comes out as a mesengi cook yeah. with an oyster. And Does it, it look a bit like miyoku, kind of thick like that? No, it's super fine. It looks like a bunch of, you know, hair, <laughs> actually. <laughs> then I feel confident that I haven't had it. Oh, you, you have to try it. All right. That's part yeah. of the, 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 the mm-hmm. seafood theme night, the seaweed theme night that we're planning. Okay. Uh-huh. And it has a little uh, history uh, history story, and I think Sonia can explain about it. Well, yeah, so I think for a long time, mesengi wasn't well known outside of those local regions in the south where it was produced. But, um, you know, in recent years, I think partly thanks to some celebrity chefs who began using the ingredient, and it just kind of came out in the news a bit more and more. Um, its popularity has grown, and you can actually find mesengi even in, like, uh, some local markets in Seoul. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mesengi in uh, local markets, what should I be looking for? Um, mesengi, um, uh, you mean the quality? Yeah. I uh-huh. mean, is it uh, expensive to buy? Uh, it, it wasn't that expensive this day, uh, last year, but this year, we went uh, yesterday um, again, you know, at the market. I mm. found it. It was ridiculously expensive ridiculously yesterday. Ridiculously expensive. Yeah. I think it was five times even more expensive. And this is again yeah. because of the warm oceans? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So uh, global warming is uh, raising the price of seaweed for, yeah, for eating. Yeah, I think so. And usually mesengi, sometimes it, um, the seller, they freeze it and then they bring it to the market. So um, when you choose the mesengi, you have to check whether it's dried or mm. not. And then it, it should be you know, shiny and glossy. Yeah. So uh-huh. if you were to buy uh, mesengi in a good year, mm-hmm. like imagine if you went last year and bought mesengi and seaweed, mm-hmm. can you store it? Can you freeze yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Usually people freeze it, but uh, the mesengi farmer advises us, you know, fresh mesengi tastes a lot better okay. because the mesengi, within the very fine, you know, shred, inside of the shred, um, it contains a lot of air. So when you freeze it and then defrost it, you know, the air shrinks down. So uh, he said uh, just uh, always, you know, it happens, you know, having fresh, you know, ingredient is mm. a lot better than... So all yeah. of these mese- uh, these green seaweeds thrive in very cold water. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. And it's um, actually, mesengi is a very interesting creature. It's, it's a very sensitive seaweed. Um, as Hang mentioned, like the the little hairs are actually like very thin tubes that have air inside. Um, and so this mesengi, they require just the right temperature, very clean water, and they also have to be gathered by hand. So when you take a bite of mesengi, just remember that someone has had their hands in achingly cold water for hours picking this stuff. Ooh-wee, yeah. I hope they had some mm-hmm. thick rubber gloves to do that. I hope they weren't doing <laughs> it barehanded. All right, mm-hmm. so I've got my mesengi from the market. What do I do with it? How do I cook um, mesengi? 
as I explained before, you can make a soup or you can make pancake, you know. Yeah. But I've, I've never seen, you know, they made a mesengi muchim in here. Hmm. So I don't know why, but maybe it's a too fine. So it becomes, you know, just it's really differ, uh, difficult to yeah. separate, you know. So I think that's why. You described it as having almost a hair-like it, quality. Yeah, it's very, very fine hair. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So uh, let's see. What do you like to make best with meisengi? Oh, I think meisengi chon is really good for me. Yeah. Meisengi chon. Chon pancake. pancake. Yeah. Okay, because it distributes well throughout the batter uh-huh, and things uh-huh. like that. Do you and add anything to that or just uh, oyster? The oyster. Yeah, and oh, chilies nice. and. Yum, Can yum. I find meisengi just at my local mart? I think I might try that. Yeah, if you go to the local market, uh, the I you can you can find it there. You know, big mart as well. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to give that, I'm going to, you know, you don't realize how much you inspire me to do crazy things. Uh, I go off and buy Korean ingredients, <laughs> and then I, you know, the clumsy Westerner who has never cooked this Korean thing before, uh, often give it a try at I'm home. so happy to hear that yes. that's our aim. You, you know? are changing lives, <laughs> chef. Ah, oh, thank you. Okay, so, uh, Sonia, we have one last uh, seaweed, is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right, it's a kamte. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there is one more ingredient uh, which is called as kamte, and when we were making the list, I almost forget about this because it's not quite as common or well known as the other three. Um, and you might have a little trouble finding it at your local mart, but you could probably find it at the local fish market. And this is a kind of you know chef level ingredient. If you do <laughs> say so. <laughs> so maybe you'll need a professional escort to uh-huh. dig out the right kamte. Mm-hmm. All right, and, and what distinguishes it? Well, it's actually pretty similar to mesengi in appearance and texture. It has sort of a similar thread light texture, and it's also very sensitive to the environment, and it's something that you harvest by hand off the mud flats on the West Coast. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it, the West Coast, so uh, how has it been in, in recent years for uh, Kamte? Well, I don't know if you remember, but back in 2007, there was this very kind of horribly huge oil spill on the Tan shoreline. I remember that very um, well. And there were like thousands upon thousands of volunteers who came down to work in the cleanup. And uh, after a few years, the return of Kamte was one of the signs that the coastline was recovering. Yeah, I was a news correspondent at the time. We went out there to Tan and uh, kind of interviewed all the people that were mm. scrubbing the rocks, mm-hmm. each individual mm-hmm. rock with brushes and mm-hmm. all kinds of school groups and volunteer groups and stuff like that were uh, out there. Well, guys, we have made our way through the seaweed, and I've lost track of time. i got to close the show real quick. So thank you both for joining us. Thank you. And that thank will bring you. this week's show to a close. See you tomorrow.